I'm Lillian Vasquez with Lifestyles on KVCR. Thanks for listening. On today's show, I'll speak with Ashley Eddy, a theater student at San Bernardino Valley College. Ashley will be playing the role of Audrey in their upcoming musical performance of Little Shop of Horrors, the story of a flower shop assistant who discovers an unusual plant with a carnivorous appetite. Ashley will talk about how she prepared for the role, what to expect at the performance, and shares her background in theater. Little Shop of Horrors will be at the San Bernardino Valley College Auditorium December 1st through the 3rd at 7 p.m. and December 4th at 2 p.m. Also on the show, I'll speak with Gladys, a San Bernardino Valley College graduate who shares her story of recovery from alcohol abuse. A life-threatening motorcycle accident changed Gladys's life and pushed her to return to school to help others and make better choices. She hopes her story will inspire those who are struggling as she was. But up first, it's my conversation with San Bernardino Valley College theater student Ashley Eddy, performing in Little Shop of Horrors next month. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so... Little Shop of Horrors is a show I had, think I've seen once and don't remember too much about it. So must have been kind of silly or I don't know what, but there it is. So tell me, share a little of the storyline of Little Shop of Horrors. Sure. So Little Shop of Horrors has been two movies and the off-Broadway musical came out in 1982. So we are celebrating 40 years of the show this year. Um, Yes. Little Shop of Horrors is surrounding the story of a guy named Seymour who works at a flower shop on Skid Row looking to better himself and one day comes across a carnivorous plant with a very interesting um, appetite. So the show surrounds his experience with the plant. My character is his love interest and co-worker named Audrey. And are you a good guy or a bad guy? Uh, My character is very sweet, definitely sees the best in everyone, if not to her demise. Okay. All right. And is it a musical? It is. It is a musical. It's got a lot of fun and just funky music. We've got a lot of upbeat songs that is very fun to bop along to. Um, We've got music that is representative from the 60s in different ladies groups. They all blend very well together, and our cast does a very wonderful job bringing the music to the stage. Perfect. So what are kind of the, you know, when you have musicals, there's always a showstopper, or there's that song that you leave the theater singing in your head. What's the songs here that resonate most, you think, with the audience? One of uh, the show favorites definitely is a song called Suddenly Seymour, a song that a lot of people will recognize from the second motion picture. Tell me this Last till forever. Tell me the bad times are clean washed away. Please understand that it's still strange and frightening. But losers like I've been, it's so hard to say. Suddenly, see more. Another song that's actually very fun that is not in the movie and that's only in the musical is called Mushnik and Son. Um, Our cast does a very fun rendition of that song, so you'll definitely get that stuck in your head on the way out. Okay, you win, I'll be your son. Hooray, I win, I'll be my son. Drop the papers down, I'm touched, I really am. And when you reach age 83, I'll let you come move in with me. I promise. What a son. 
You've mentioned it a couple of times that there were two movies. Do you know anything about the movies that you can share a little bit of the background? The first movie was a black and white film. Um, I actually have not watched that one in a very long time, but from doing my research and looking into my character of Audrey, the woman who played the original Audrey on the off-Broadway production was also in the movie. So Ellen Green is a fantastic artist herself, but she definitely brought to life not only the character, but Audrey also has a very interesting voice. She's very nasally. She's just got a very funny kind of baby doll voice that she brought to the table, and that kind of rings in with the character when it's redone over and over on the stage. So nasally, like um, the nanny from the TV show, is that kind of nasally? A little bit, but we're like we're more in New York, uh, so it's uh, it's it's in a very special place. Uh, she she talks like this quite a bit. Ah, very cute. (laughs) And then the the second movie, is the second movie one you're more familiar with? Yes, um, I've watched quite a few versions of the musical. Sometimes the movie, it's more obviously focused on the acting, but uh, with the stage, everything is so quick. You have scene changes, you have costume changes that are a little different from the movie, but I've watched anything from high school versions to professional versions just to get a feel of different interactions and character emotions. So I feel like I've watched so many, they're all blurring together at this point. Well, you sound like you've been doing this for a little bit. You're 18-year-old. It's the first time doing a production at a college. So let's look at your resume a little bit. You've performed in past shows. You've done some black box type smaller, and then you've done the California Theater, which is a full stage, big audience. And I see that you've been in Chorus Line, which is a a favorite of mine, a couple of times. Tell me about some of your past roles. Yeah, so I have done, and actually at the California Theater, I was in a Chorus Line as Sheila, very spicy character. I loved her role. I've also done shows at Lewis Family Playhouse, playing Maisie LeBird from Susicle the Musical. My favorite role by far has and probably will always be Princess Fiona from Shrek the Musical. I absolutely adored that show. I love that character. Why did you love that character? Um, Growing up, Shrek was always a favorite in my household. Just the sense of humor and the role, the music is great for my vocals, but it's also a very funny role. And that is something that I tie into Audrey with Little Shop of Horrors. It's funny. It's bright. You can have just a lot of fun with it. And it doesn't have to be the typical ingenue character where it's a little boring and you're just waiting to be saved. But you can bring something original to those characters. And I really appreciated the script. Now, you have performed, as you mentioned, at the California Theater, the Lewis Family Playhouse. You've done a few things in Yukaipa. Yes, I've done a couple of shows in Yukaipa, and I've also worked at Center Stage Theater in Fontana, lovely theater there, doing Grease for six weeks. So that was a very fun, sold out for six weeks show. So that's a fun show and a fun stage because it's kind of a dinner theater. I've been there several times. It's a dinner theater, and the stage is small, but you're really close with the audience here. You're kind of up close and personal on that one. Yes, you can definitely tell if they're into the show or not when you're on stage there. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Now, the San Bernardino Valley College Theater is more like the California Theater in that it has 600 seats. Obviously, California Theater, I think, has maybe 1,700, something like that. Very large. But my point is it's a big theater. So how do you compare working with the students here in this production? 
I find that it's interesting working with people who have not done theater before. And we do have a couple of people in our show that it is going to be their first big show. So it's interesting. And I love working with new people because everything's very exciting. And you just have a good experience because you're positive coming through it. And when it's your first show, a lot of people look to those who have done several shows for reassurance or helpful hints and tips, things to follow. So it's fun in that aspect of kind of being a mentor to those who haven't done shows. But in a professional setting, you tend to be a little bit more focused on making sure that you have your job done because someone else is doing the exact same thing and you come together in a much shorter amount of time. So I've gotten a chance with this production to spend uh, about three months with the cast of Little Shop of Horrors. So we are getting very close and that really reads on stage to our dynamic, especially with our ladies that are portraying our urchins. They're five fabulous ladies that walk you through. They're kind of the muses of the show. Mm. So they bring the sass, they bring the storyline. So it's been a very fun experience to be able to be with this group of people for a longer time. When I've done professional shows, you get a chance to be together for about three weeks and then the show is up and you're running. So you don't get as much heart to heart time with people. And I've really liked having that experience here on campus. Very good. Let me reintroduce our guest is Ashley Eddy. She is starring as Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors that'll perform here at the San Bernardino Valley College campus. Okay, so you've talked about some of, well, one of your favorite roles was in Shrek and other things. Do you prefer acting or singing or singing and acting together? Because acting sometimes can be more drama or more serious. Singing can be more lighthearted, but can be serious. So what do you prefer most? I would say definitely my strong suit actually comes in with dancing. I oh. was uh, I did competitive cheerleading for over 10 years, so I really pull from that side of my background. But I absolutely love music. I love singing. Uh, so that would probably be my preferred method of performance would be through music. Acting really is something that I like to focus on, and I would find it the most difficult to really be believable. It takes time to really digest a character and come to terms with the likes and dislikes. You don't always have to love everything about your character, and it's important to be believable. So I think that's probably the most difficult, but I also have the most fun with exploration with that. So I was a theater major as well back in the day. I was a theater major at Crofton Hills College, and the thing that I found the hardest was the line memorization. And so what do you do to learning your lines? And um, because sometimes you'd go on like, I know I know my lines, but it's still that fear of getting on stage and, and forgetting them. How do you handle that or attack that? I would say I'm an auditory learner, so I have to read, sing, repeat, read, sing, repeat. I have to say it out loud in different ways so that it clicks finally. But a lot of it comes with also... I have to memorize everyone's lines because if we're having a conversation and you have forgotten a step of our lines, I also need to be aware of that. So just being fully familiar with the whole script itself. And honestly, I usually only do productions of shows that I really, really like. So I want to be invested and I want to learn it all. So line memorization is just one of those you do your best and even if you forget something on stage you know the character well enough that you can get through it even without your lines Uh. although we all hope we stick to the lines (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, is acting something you've done since you were a little girl, or did you join it later in life? Tell me about your background there. Um, I actually attended uh, a private Christian school where we did a few little shows here and there in elementary school. So I have, I guess, tree number three background, um, (laughs) but I've done a few productions in high school and uh, in college, decided I wanted to focus on cheer and getting a bachelor's degree in liberal arts. So I put musical theater on the back burner and I decided to pick it up a couple of years ago because I just missed the atmosphere and music and costumes. I love theater productions and going to see them, but being a part of them is just really something special. Okay, and after this production, what's your plans next? I am in the middle of obtaining my criminal justice administration degree, so I'm looking to go into working in a police department next, which is kind of a left turn for me. (laughs) Um, But Overall, just looking at different audition pages and seeing what comes up that's going to be great for hopefully the summertime would be the next time I'm looking at another production. I'm not ever giving up on theater, no matter what. There's roles out there for everybody at any age of life. So highly recommend if you've never tried one, absolutely get started. Well, I'm glad you're not going to put it to the side, regardless where your career takes you and what work field you fall into. Ashley, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Little Shop of Horrors will be at the San Bernardino Valley College Auditorium December 1st through the 3rd at 7 p.m. and December 4th at 2 p.m. To learn more about the performance, visit our website at kvcinews.org lifestyles and click on Today's Show. You're listening to Lifestyles on KVCR. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, I'll speak with Gladys, a San Bernardino Valley College graduate, who's sharing her story of recovery and working to make life better for herself and others. I'm Lillian Vasquez. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Through thin and through thick, through sloppy and slick, so come kiss me quick. Please don't make me sick. If you're just joining us, my guest now is Gladys, a San Bernardino Valley College graduate who shares her story of recovery from alcohol abuse and how a serious accident pushed her to change paths, return to school, and help others who are struggling with addiction. Tell me your story about recovery. What took you on this journey? What took me on a journey was when I almost lost my life on April 20th of 2019. I was in a fatal motorcycle accident. I was the passenger and the driver passed away on scene. I had major injuries. I recall very little. I had head trauma. I broke both of my legs. I had a hole in my knee, had to get surgery the next day. Lots of road rash. I couldn't feel the bottom part of my body and my legs for a while. Um, I just woke up in the hospital. And what kind of led to the accident was because he didn't crash into anyone else. We were just both being very reckless, made the choice of getting on a motorcycle while intoxicated, both of us highly intoxicated. After all the labs and stuff like that, I 
finally just found out not that long ago how much alcohol I actually had in my system. And I had a 0.23, which is a very high amount. So I started to kind of go on the journey of why do people drink an excessive amount? Am I an alcoholic? Just questioning life itself. Why did I survive and he died? And I love to learn. So I I went back to school because I already have my bachelor's. So I went back to school to get an alcohol and drug certification and another degree in human service. Just the classes were therapy on itself. Just learning about it and kind of the human service department and everyone I met helped me along with the journey of just being like my family, being there, helping me be my support. Because a lot of the times I would go into class crying or just come out of class crying, especially just fresh out of that trauma. I entered back into school, I want to say about six months after my accident. So once I was able to start walking again and being able to go to school again, Let me ask you a little bit about your story, and thank you so much for sharing it. Did you learn why you drank in excessive? Yes. At least for my case, it was just kind of to numb all the feelings as an escape, not knowing different ways to cope with a death or injuries. I grew up in a very Hispanic family where you just, it happens, you could just get over it. You don't cry about it. Life goes on. You just continue. So just learning to ask for help and getting help instead of going to the bottle and drinking and just not feeling anything. Knowing that there is other healthy ways to deal with things and just to know that it is okay to cry. It is okay to break down. You had a bachelor's degree already and I'm guessing it was in a different subject matter. Why were you not using that bachelor's degree in a career that suddenly you thought going this other direction was the right choice for you at that time? Because my bachelor's degree is in child and adolescent development. And at the time of the accident, I was working with children with autism. So it was something I enjoyed doing, but it felt like it wasn't enough. I wanted to do more. And even though I now have my my associates in human services and my addiction studies, certification now, I kind of want to work more with kids that are dealing with alcohol or teenagers, because if you're able to help before there is a problem, then that prevention is very important. And I feel that's something that a lot of schools or the education part or communities doesn't focus on too much. It's something that we're focusing on more now, but there's more that could be done. So when kids do go through things, or even adults, they have the right coping strategies to deal with all of that life (laughs) that comes and gets thrown at you. Right. Do you feel now that you've, one, lived it, and two, learned about it in school and educated yourself, that you maybe have a heads up on some of the kids because you've been down this road? Or how do you connect with some of the, the youth that you want to assist Yes, definitely. And especially because right now I'm doing an internship being a DUI counselor. So there's a big connection, especially because I am younger. And a lot of people at first, they look at me and it's like, you don't know what, what it's like. You've never been here. But then once I share my story, it's like, oh my gosh, it could happen to anyone. It happened to you and it could happen to me. There's more of a connection. People listen more when they know you've been there. Gladys, you said you were intoxicated the day you were in the motorcycle accident. 
were you on a road to, to drinking a lot at that time? Yes, I was on a road just because previous to that in January, because that was in April, January of that year, I found my boyfriend cheating of two years. So it was kind of just dealing with all of that whole breakup. It was a very horrific breakup that I didn't know how to deal with. And I was just drinking. I ended up getting involved in some trouble with law enforcement. So I did end up getting a felony. And that's kind of like, now I'm a felon. Now, what good am I? You know, I can't work with kids because I have a felony. It wasn't anything, violence or anything, or to do with drugs, but still being a felon, it is very, very difficult to get a job. So I was kind of like, how can I provide for my son? So just drinking, being very careless because I just felt like I wasn't good enough. I went to school and I always thought like nobody could take my bachelor's degree away. But because of the things me and my ex-boyfriend got into after the breakup, I was a felon and I felt like he didn't take my degree away, but he made it almost impossible for me to get a job or get a career anywhere. So really, you probably have a story maybe similar to others that you listen to. Yours is a little different in that you already had your degree, but maybe now do you feel like because you've lived the before and the after that you have more to offer somebody that's younger and that's maybe making poor choices? Yes. It's like you don't get into trouble thinking of the outcomes, but Maybe if you know how hard it sometimes seems impossible to get a job with a felon, like you would think maybe twice, maybe maybe three times before doing anything. I just, I kind of never knew anything about like backgrounds, anything that had to do with all of that. Something I wasn't, I don't know, my parents didn't teach me or I didn't learn in school until later on how important your background is and how it just, holds you back from so many things but now that I'm on the other part of it it's once you do get stuck in that place there's a light at the end of the tunnel you don't have to stay like that even though it feels like you're never going to get out and it's never going to get better drinking didn't make it better and drinking excessively like that almost made me die and we're the point where I didn't even care if I lived or died but that's not the outcome you can have a successful career having had a felony and that's why I chose to go to school and I did an outpatient treatment and I graduated from that and then a lot of the counselors that were my alcohol and drug counselors from outpatient treatment they just really inspired me and I'm like I want to be doing this one day I want to be a counselor and be helping those struggle and going through what I went through. And I just think if we had better strategies to deal with conflict, it would make a big difference. And now do you have strategies that you use and or that you recommend or suggest to others? Just that open communication, like, okay, if we got into an argument and I don't want to talk about it right now because I'm going to say some really hurtful things that I'm going to later regret, so let's talk about it later. Just knowing when to pause and kind of walk away, take a breather instead of staying there and just making things worse. Because when you're in the heat of the moment, you do make a lot of decisions that you later regret. Right. You mentioned that you are from a Latino family. 
do you find in that culture that sometimes that culture isn't one that communicates well or that is open and kind of just shuts down? Or would you say that you've seen that before or was that your family? Oh, yeah, a lot. And that's why I do a lot of therapy. I got therapy myself. And I think that's another big thing that I do is I have a therapist I talk to every week. So that is very helpful. But um, no, definitely. And even to this day, my family still doesn't get counseling they don't really think it's needed but as far as communication it is something that like when I tell them like I don't want to talk about it right now they take that very disrespectfully because it's like this is an issue we need to talk about it we need to talk about it now so that is something that they needed to get used to and know that it's not like in disrespect in no shape or form it's just me I need to take a breather and walk away and come back to this. And how are you teaching your son? You mentioned you had a son. Are you teaching him to be open and discuss feelings or how are you working with your son? Oh yeah, since he was very little, even um, as far as I can recall, I was just telling him if you're upset, it is okay to cry. And if you're upset, like let me know you're upset or if you don't want to talk about something, just tell me I don't want to talk about it. I'll talk later and make sure you voice that to my parents too because he is very similar with me in the emotions and being just very emotional it's okay to feel angry and when you do feel angry go outside go ride your scooter go skateboard go do stuff that gets that energy out and it's okay it's okay to feel frustrated it's okay to feel these feelings okay now what's next for you what path are you looking towards at this time in your career just focusing right now on getting my hours to get licensed as an addiction counselor and then do my master's. And I'm still doing a lot of research on whether I want to do marriage family therapist or clinical counseling. That is something I never thought I would be able to do. So it's very exciting and it's like I'm almost there. So I would have never, ever thought I would even get the chance to start applying to grad school. Very good. I wish you the best moving forward, and I hope you find your dreams and that they work for you. Thank you so much. Reducing the stigma surrounding alcohol abuse is a step towards recovery. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcohol abuse, you can call the National Council on Alcoholism and Drug Dependency Hopeline at 1-800-NCA-CALL or one 800 622 Hey, if you have a segment idea, share it with us. We'd love to hear what you're thinking. Go to kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles and click on the link to share your ideas. That's our show for this week. To hear any of our past shows, visit our website at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles. You can also listen to Lifestyles on your favorite streaming service. Search for Lifestyles with Lillian Vasquez and take the show on the go. And by that I mean when you're hiking, when you're walking, when you're out with your dog, give us a listen. Lifestyles is on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us at 919Lifestyles and search for Lifestyles with Lillian on Instagram. Thanks to all who helped to make this show possible, including Sharina Wad, David Fleming, Sean Houlihan, Natasha Coles, and executive producer Rick Dulock. Our theme music is provided by Ethan Bortnick. 
Join me next week at the same time for Lifestyles with me, Lillian Vasquez. Bye for now.